Wait for it. Wait for it. Here it goes. I got this coffee for free today. I walked into Starbucks and walked up to the counter, per usual, when I go to get coffee for podcasting time. And um, this girl rang me in. And she came up and she was like, what, what would you like? I was like, hot black coffee, medium. Then she asked what roast I wanted, blonde, medium, or dark. I don't know the difference between any of those. Maybe you do. So here's what I think. Blonde is weak. Medium, medium strong. Dark, super strong. Don't think that's correct, but that's what's stuck in my head. And uh, then she just like looked at the register Tried to do something, then looked at me and just was like mumbled something. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like leaned in. I was like, huh? Because everyone wears masks these days and it was like hard to hear. And she's like, you're all set. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, you're all set. And I had my uh, credit card out and she just kind of like waved it off. And I was like, thank you. Dropped a dollar in the little tip thing. Walked out. Stoked. Free coffee. One thing I like better than coffee is free coffee. Choo, choo. <laughs> All right, stoked to be back. Stoked to be back. We got an awesome podcast today. I uh, got to pay some bills first, so let's do that now. Each and every episode is brought to you by All I Need. If you guys could support the podcast by checking out All I Need Skate on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, Watch the videos, share them, hit the like button, turn on the notifications. Any engagement like that with the channel uh, on YouTube, it helps us. It helps grow our um, audience, and we make a little bit of revenue, ad, ad revenue on there from YouTube. So right now, I think we're up to like 600 bucks because I've just been saving it, and I put the threshold at $1,000. So when we get to $1,000, I think I'm going to take that money from the YouTube channel and pay for advertising on Thrasher for our next full-length video. See what I did there? I took the vlogs and all the fun and all the sessions we have, and I'm going to take that money and I'm going to turn it into full-length video advertising on Thrasher for our next video. That would be epic. I think that's the win-win. Um, but yeah, when you guys check out our YouTube channel, you subscribe, uh, notifications, like, thumbs, all that stuff, comment, engage, watch the videos all the way through, let the ads play. That helps us and supports this channel. Also, please follow us on Instagram at All I Need Skate. So YouTube and Instagram are the main two that we're really focused on. We also have a Facebook, All I Need Skateboarding. You can go on there. We engage there, but mostly Instagram and YouTube. Uh, check out the website. If you can, you guess what it is? All I Need Trying to stay consistent. We have all our merch up there. T-shirts, hoodies, beanies, hats. I think the beanies are sold out. Snapback hats. Um, we got some new banners dropping on Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. I'm really excited for you guys to check those out. I'll throw them up on the um, the store, the online skate shop. Um, socks. All I need socks. Two different colors. The best socks in the world. You can buy them in a single, three-pack, or six-pack. Again, I suggest six-pack because they're awesome socks, and you're going to want to wear them every day. So six You'll uh you'll have them for almost every day of the week, except for Monday. You can put on, you can mix and match on Monday. Two different colors. That's what it, you'll already do laundry by then. So, um, yeah. So check out all I need skate. 
Um, today, we have a new sponsor, which I'm really stoked to be a part of. Let me pull up the ad read because this is my first time. Um, but I'm stoked to have them sponsoring the podcast. They're going to do a month sponsorship. Um, they said if we could uh, move some of the product, uh, people use the, the code that we're going to give you, uh, move some of the product, they'll, do, they'll extend the month to a yearly sponsorship, which would be rad and really help out the show. But uh, let me pull up the ad read real quick so I can do this. And please bear with me. I'm probably going to butcher it. It's my first time reading this thing. Well, I read it earlier today, but it's my first time reading it while recording. All right. Support for the All I Need podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in man's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Yee! They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Excuse me. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. That's a lot of dudes. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code AIN at manscaped.com. Manscaped hooked me up with a bunch of tools and formulations for their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. This thing came in. It's really good branding. The box, super solid. Um, everything in there has like an extra little touch to it. And I really love that because like I, I ship out skateboards and t-shirts and stuff. And I always add like a four-inch sticker in with our decks. I try to get like the best boxes and the best uh, packing material and stuff. Just a little extra so it stands out. And uh yeah, they sent some really cool stuff, and it was all branded really, 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 really well. You can tell they put their time into it. It's a solid brand. Um, yeah, I'll show off some of the products. So here is the actual groomer, the little shaver. This thing's got this sleek little handle. Feels really good on the side. Just an on-off button. This thing works wonderful. Comes in a little manscaped refining the gentleman bag, which is nice because once you use it, just bag it up. Bam, dang, dang, dang. Um, also I've been using some, uh, ball deodorant in case you didn't know your balls might need deodorant. I wasn't really aware of that, but, uh, this stuff is awesome. Uh, take a shower, dry myself off, put a little bit on there. Just keeps it from it's anti-chafing. Just keeps it feeling good down there. Got a nice little smell. I feel like I did a little extra, but, uh, yeah, this is the crop preserver anti-chafing ball deodorant. And then let's see what else. They also sent Manscaped Refine, Refining the Gentleman Crop Reviver Refreshing Ball Toner with Active pH Control. I've yet to I've yet to use this one. It's still in plastic, but uh, I'll get on it because I got four the next four podcasts Manscaped has supported, so I'll get on that one too. So, but so far I went downstairs, did a little shaving. Doesn't really grow up here, if you've noticed. I have a hard time growing the hair on top of my head right where you're supposed to have it. But uh, down there, grows like a wildfire, man. I actually grew it out for this. I, I was like, you know what? Got a new sponsor. Can't grow it out here, you know? Like, you know how most kids are like parting their hair, doing all types of fancy shit? Can't do it. But I was like, you know what? I get, I get my shot to grow things out. Grew it out down there. Had the thing parted down the middle, growing way too long. It was getting ridiculous. Took the cro- Took the shaver to it. Damn, went right through that shit. Like the, like when you're mowing your backyard and it's just a thick, thick lawn out there, 
and sometimes your uh, lawnmower gets jammed up and stuff. Not this. This thing just boom right through, dude. Handled it. Quick and easy. Had the vacuum, cleaned everything up. Bang. Done. <laughs> All right. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. And I did. I didn't feel nervous at all. I was down there. Didn't nick anything. It was all good, my Gs. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. Nice. I didn't know that. And don't use the same trimmer you use on your face as your balls. <laughs> Good advice right there, you know? Just fucking take it to your butthole. And then on your face, not good. That's how you get pink eye. Don't want to do that. Not good. That would be a bad thing to do. Don't do it. Um, let's see where I left. Oh, they wrote, that's just nasty. I agree. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. Yeah, so the Perfect Package 3.0 is what they sent me. Came in a sick box. All the stuff came in it. I was like, ready to go. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Especially if you're skating all day, you ain't done shit, or, and all you did was skate all day, and it's just like, they've just been sitting down there, and then you never took care of it. But if you wear that deodorant, then things are going to be crispy, man. Uh, speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, sticking. Manscaped threw in two free gifts into their perfect package, a pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs, That'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day and a travel shed bag to store all the grooming goodies. I showed you the bag. I did rock the boxers, quality boxers. Really enjoyed them. Rocked them twice now. Um, trim that junk of yours. That's something they just said. Um, yeah, let me see. I'll just finish this up. Here's the call to action. Um, get 20% off and free shipping with the code AIN. At manscaped.com, that's 20% off with free shipping. At manscaped.com, use code AIN. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Okay, I'll put the link in the description. Again, if you support our sponsors, you support this show, which means a lot to us. So use the code AIN when uh, checking out at manscaped.com. And uh, if we sell some of these things... Keeps the sponsorship going for the show, which would be epic. Next up, this episode is brought to you by the infamous World Industries. Please check out worldindustries.com for their skateboards and apparel. World Industries has always been about artwork, artists, and skateboards and apparel and footwear too. They've just always supported skateboarders and artists which is amazing. The amount of art that World Industries has put out over the 30 years they've been in business, staggering. They've supported and paid artists to create some epic stuff. Um, and then their skate team, I mean, skateboarders started the brand, and they've supported skateboarders for 30 years of just sponsoring epic skateboarders, creating content, and giving back to the culture. So 
It's a legendary brand for a reason. So please check out worldindustries.com. And if you cop something from there, that supports this podcast, keeps the lights on, keep the episodes coming, and uh, we appreciate it. Okay, I think that's enough for ads. Today's episode, I have my good friend Greg Smith, a.k.a. Schmitty, on the show. Um, Schmitty is an epic human, great photographer, all-around classic human being. He's been in the thick of the skateboard industry um, and SF and for many years, over 20, 30 years. Worked at Thrasher for a long time. We talk a bunch about his uh, endeavors with Think and... With working with Felper, and we talk about a whole bunch of stuff, man. I really enjoyed this podcast, and Schmitty is the man, the fucking man. Um, this was a two-parter, though, so we we tried something new here. We started out with me interviewing Greg, and then at the end of this podcast, we stopped recording, and then we started recording again, and he did a podcast with me where he was the host for his show. So there's going to be two episodes dropping at the same day. You can watch this one, and then you can head over to Talking Schmidt, which I'll put the link in the description, to his epic podcast. He's had some heavy guests on. I think he just had Bucky Lassick on recently, too. Um, and uh, you can hear my episode on his show. So pretty stoked for that. It's a cool concept. It was really fun to do, and uh, I really hope you enjoy this episode. I know I did, and I can't wait to catch up with him again. So now for the episode. Keep killing it, my homies. Choo. You are now tuning into the All I Need podcast. But uh, I'm just so glad it's skateboarding. It's been the one thing that came to me at the right time. It could have been anything I imagined, but skateboarding was what it was. That's why I love skateboarding to death. That's right when I found skateboarding. Like my friend showed me and I was like latched onto it because it was the only thing at that time that was really fun and like my escape and I fell in love with it, you know. Alright, cool. Let me make sure it's recording. I'm hoping that it's recording. Maybe we can hit it stop. It should say record. Yeah, it is recording. It is. It you says recording it. in the upper corner of mine. Nice. Yeah. All right. So welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for being here. My guest today is Mr. Schmitty. Greg, thank you for being on the show. Hell yeah. How's it going, oh, yeah. man? It's going. It's going. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I've been... Having a little bit of friend loss. Um, people are dying a lot these days, and it's been gnarly. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I don't want to go down the depression hole, but uh, this has been a tough – I mean, everybody knows in skateboarding. We lost Joe Hammocky, who was one of my best friends. Uh, maybe a day before, we lost Jonas Ray. Uh not to get corny, but DMX going down was kind of like big for a lot of people. And uh, it's just been heavy, man. Like with the pandemic and everything, living in isolation in San Francisco, uh, it's pretty serious here. So much like New York, we have, you know, small properties like apartment style. And I'm like boy in the bubble kind of, but uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to keep that optimism. And, and I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. So I think this year is going to be good towards the end. But uh, it's been 
challenging? Yeah, man. 2020 was challenging, and then to start 2021 off like with the losses like that was heavy, man. I, I definitely know the skateboard industry is feeling it for sure. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean, I did it. I was just talking about it on my one of my last shows, and I was just kind of like reflecting on it. And I'm like, this is a lot, dude. And there's a lot of people that I know and care about that were like really close to these people, and they're dead. Like Susky called me out of the blue and was just like little tipsy just like letting off some steam and i was like it just really put it into like reality because I'm, I'm out in massachusetts and like um like i i knew joe but i didn't know him as well as a lot of these dudes out here that spent those hours in the van and like um but yeah man it's a crazy way to uh start off the new year you know but we yep. shall survive we shall survive and keep going man yeah <laughs> where are you so are you in mass uh, yeah, I'm like outside Boston about a half an hour, 45 minutes. I'm in this town called uh, Plainville. And uh, so it's a cool little spot, man. It's a okay. lot, of, lot of energy and uh, a lot of stuff moving on, but it feels like a Plainville. It's kind of like feels like a small town, which is crazy. Huh. Nice. Where, where are you exactly? NSF, like right yeah. in the heart, right by where the Giants play and the uh, train station is, like right off the freeway. All right. Well, that leads me to like... What's the overall vibe of the city? Like, uh, I know that it's kind of rough with COVID and everything. Maybe take me to that. And then if there's any silver linings or positivity in that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, this The city has been, it's been interesting. I don't really know when the last time you were out here, but, uh, you know, we had the obvious, most people know that around my zone know that like, uh, Google and all these things came in and, and, and basically jacked up the price. It's kind of a similar story to a lot of areas, but ours got hit hard because the whole tech industry blew up in our backyard, but it wasn't in San Francisco. It was in the peninsula, which is like the suburbs. But the dudes wanted to be cool and live in the big city while they worked in the suburbs. So they all fucking came into the city and jacked up, bought hella shit, did everything. You know, pretty soon all these places that drew them in were like the places that they didn't want there anymore. Like, how come the club's playing music past 10 p.m.? I need sleep. It's like, <laughs> dude, you move next door to the fucking club. What are you doing, right? So there was all this crazy shit. But then it's like, of course, like right when the pandemic hits, all these dudes are hightailing it out of here. Like a lot of them moved to Austin or different places. Also realizing that they could work from home now. So they didn't need to pay the high rent or whatever in the city. So we're, we got a big homeless problem here is what I would say is like one of the bigger things that I noticed because especially when the pandemic started, I was super shook. Like I wouldn't go outside and, and stuff. If we were staying inside, like everyone was like, you know, it was lockdown and, and we were just doing what we were told. Like, and there was no political agendas like everybody likes to put with these things. It was nothing to do with who I'm voting for. It was just out of safety, you know? Yeah. Nobody, and, nobody really knew what's up and what's down. So it's just, just to be safe, just like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So one of the things that I did after I kind of got my bearings was I would get up super early and just go on a walk before anybody woke up and like watch the sun come up. And it was really therapeutic and, and healing, like pretty sick to just be in the city by yourself. The streets are fucking pretty empty and 
watch the sun come up and you'd be like, ah, and drink your coffee. And I'm a coffee guy. So like, as soon as there's a place to get coffee, I'm able to get out there because I'll just go, you know, once I get that first sip, it's like the old bar days where you get that first shot and then it's on. Like, that's how I look at coffee, right? Oh, Greg, there's a virus out there worldwide. He's like, I need fucking coffee, bro. Yeah, I know. And we couldn't get it for a while and I had to make it myself. And I was like, there's something weird. Like, I need someone else to make it. But uh, the thing I noticed that was really sad, though, was just how many homeless people are like you're walking around and just there's a lot of mental problems and there's a lot of drug addictions that come with it and you're just seeing it right there it's not hidden you know there's needles there's whatever it is that their fix is the guy's still drunk from the night before um and so that was kind of hard like to to wake up to that too so you start getting your routes and figuring out like you know, tenderloin might not be the best morning walk, but, uh, you know, that's where we're at. The city's, the city's in a big change right now, and I'm hoping it's for the better. I think we did get a new mayor, and uh, we'll see what happens. I think the homeless thing is obviously out there, and everyone's aware of it. It's just, what do you do? Like, do you, do you come in and clean them up and just kick them out? Like, does that solve anything? Or do you do it in a humanitarian way and figure out, like, how we can get less people to be homeless? Like, if they're out of sight, out of mind isn't really what people in our area are feeling. Yeah. So I think they're trying to figure out, like, what if we get low-income housing? What if we offer jobs? What if we get the addicts help? What if we get the mental people help? And this whole thing evolves and these people have a chance instead of just like, oh, just put them on the East Bay. Who cares? You know, yeah. or like put them in fucking Modesto or whatever. You're just like, they're still the same problems just because they're out of your mind. So yeah. I think there's been a lot of humanitarian ways to kind of keep the conversation maybe too long for some people because they're like the homeless problem's not ending it's not an obvious answer i think is the answer yeah there's like poverty there's it's multi-faced problem issue there's a lot of reasons why people are poor you know and some of it's mental disease and other it other other sides of it is just there isn't enough you know or like it's tough, man. There's a lot of things you have to face when it comes to poverty. Like you can't just give people a bunch of stuff and think that's going to solve it, you know, like, cause they might need real serious, uh, counseling and therapy and stuff like that. So, and then other times, and then there's even people that are homeless and it's almost like their lifestyle, like they're enjoying it on some level. Not that there's a lot of it, but there's young people too, that are just out there, like maybe having the time of their life, but slumming it and just like doing it, you know? So it's like, it's hard to lump it all into one thing and then think there's a one cure to for it all. But yeah, like yeah, I whenever agree. I go, whenever I go into like a city, it's always kind of like that. Like you go into a big city like New York City or SF, and you kind of see it step up a little bit. You see some uh, homeless people hanging out and stuff. But like with the pandemic, it just fucking made it so much gnarlier, man. It's insane, dude. It's yeah. a it's a testament to that we live we live in one of the like we have the most material wealth in America, you know, and we have a lot of homeless people, which is insane, you know? Well, that's what, I mean, that's what the obvious thing is, right? It's like, here's a 
the most expensive place to live in the country. I think it's it, at the time that I saw within the last year or so, it was higher than New York, which was unheard of. New York used to always be number one. Yeah, We were in the top five, but apparently we were number one once the Google whole blow up thing happened. So how is it that the education isn't top notch and how is the homeless issue such a problem? There's so much money here and so much influence why can't these people stop worrying about the next app for a minute and worry about the people they're laying on the streets? And that's one of the big, I think, you know, things that people wrestle with. But money's so, you know, what did Wu Tang say? Cash rules everything around me. So it's like, Cream, you get know, the like, money. Dollar, yeah, dollar bill, y'all. If you're not getting money out of it, it's like, maybe go back to the apps. But like, Maybe go back to the apps after everybody's healthy and then the apps will do even better. Like, I don't know. No, and that's people will true. respect you for doing your shit. Yeah, like, man. That's how I feel. Unfortunately, like a lot of the people that are into that tech side of things, they're very insular and very like um, stuck on one thing and it's almost antisocial, you know? So mm. they can tend to ignore a lot of stuff and just foc hyper focus on creating and developing apps apparently but yeah. it's like we can't we got to take care of the human condition first you know like can't have any of this shit if we're if we're just like rotting away as a society you know can't have too many losers pile up you know like we got to help people get their feeding you know like i, I mean i've talked about my upbringing a lot and it's like I thought we were poor, but not like we always had enough physical stuff. We had clothes and there was always ways to get food. Like I could steal it if I really needed it. It's not like we were in a third world. But the poverty that I grew up in was more like my parents were uh, – my mom was having drug issues and my father was in a gang and just like uh, the laws were kind of working against them and not kind of – they needed therapy, not prison, you know, like so – there's a lot of systems set up to catch these people and keep them in this like trap of just making money off them. Even the healthcare system, like with my mom, it's like they turned her into like a cash cow kind of like giving her medicines and drugs and like uh. just like putting her into a system and, and not actually helping. So like there's a lot of that going on too is our systems we've created like are locking people up unjustly and they're over prescribing stuff and it's breaking down family structures and then when the family's gone, it's like, you got kids raising kids, you know, and it's like a lot of that going on, you know, so we got to yeah. find a way, man. It's yeah, crazy. It's, it's the struggle every day. I mean, with all the, the good people in our life that have passed, um, I think that's what's opened my eyes more to like, just dude, appreciate the shit that you have right here with you and like, don't take it for granted and also let them know that they're special to you, you know, like all that kind of stuff. I was telling somebody the cliches are cliche for a reason because they actually have been around forever and they're still valid. It's yeah. not just like you can express yourself however you want, but the, the thing is live every day like it's your last, like however you want to say it, that's your shit, but like, some of these cliches, they're important. And, and the older you get, like, and the less, like, worried about being cool and all that stuff and, and the wisdom that you gain, you just really start going, like, fucking hell, man. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, I'm hoping that this stuff, after we get to some type of normalcy with the pandemic being in our rearview mirror, 
that people are really going to come out in an in a new form of appreciative for one another, one another space, uh, enjoyment time together. Instead of looking at the clock, looking at each other. Instead of looking at your phone, engaging. I'm hoping that like we're going to have some positive changes along the way with all this stuff. Yeah, man. I, I and I agree with you totally. The cliches are true. That's how they've standed the test of times. You know, there's some truths that are more true than true. They're like meta truths because they're like when you tell a story, you can tell a crazy story about um, certain truths that are bigger than life, you know, and you can tell them through stories and they seem like fiction and fake, but they're te they're telling actual meta truths that are more real than real, you know, and the cliches are like that. They get carried forward into the future because they're useful and help us, you know, so like it's someone's truth and you carry it forward, you know, so I totally agree with that. And I, and I also agree with you that I think this is we're going through dark times and um hopefully we come out of it like a butterfly like out of the cocoon like we just like learn from our mistakes we have to step up get better um like you were saying appreciate our time learn how to interact with people better and uh value human life more you know like even if it's your own you know <laughs> like just take a second to be like yeah i gotta like take control of my own thoughts and feelings and use them before i lose them you know like um, 100%. Yeah, man. So it's it's crazy because I think it all stems probably from the technology, man. I really believe that because we haven't been able to see it like we can now. Everybody has cameras and audios and we can express ourselves right, wrong, whatever, you know. So it's we're seeing life from a whole novel angle, you know, like we're like, oh, shit, there's people that think like this. There's people out there that do that. There's like these problems, like it's all coming at us all the time. It's it's more than anyone can really handle. It's it's a lot. It's fucking a lot, man. Yeah. All right. So uh, first, I want to say I like that massage gun back there. That one works pretty good on the ground. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> That's a fucking game changer. You got one? <laughs> I do. I just got one and it is a game changer. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be careful. Gotta be careful. Yeah, the those are from the fine people at Apex Recovery because Apex with Apex, you can know. Um, <laughs> they sent me one for a giveaway and I and I was like, uh, can I you know, so they hooked me up and I'm hyped. I never had one before and yeah, that shit is sick. Yeah, sure. it's like you got joints. You're like, I don't think these joints are going to work. And then you get the gun in there and you're like, oh, yeah. my God, I'm a kid. Yeah. And like uh, I got like uh, arthritis and stuff and like I'll do like the back and the shoulders and it'll just like it breaks it up, I think, or something. I, it, it is helpful as fuck for recovering your uh, muscles, though, I think is the most important. Like if you skate like really hard one day and then you come home at night like a lot of people do ice baths and stuff, which was never my thing. But like, I'll use this thing at night and I'll wake up and my legs will feel pretty good. Beautiful. Which is, which is nice, especially like at my age, like it's a lot of times you're like taking a week off after one <laughs> skate because you're like, dude, I'm fucking done. Yeah. But yeah. But no, everything's helpful. I love heat. I love ice packs that fit around your neck. I like the fucking heating pad that like has the thing and you're just like wearing it it's like <laughs> let's make everything comfortable and let's make our pain go away that's that's important 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, Westgate told me one time that he was using one of those guns and he overdid it because it was feeling so good. And then he said he woke up the next day and it was like he like overdid it to where he hurt himself a little bit. But Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking I might have done that to my neck. I was like doing my neck. And then all of a sudden, like the next day, my neck started cracking and stuff. I was like, ooh, I wonder if that thing. But, yeah, I don't know. It's either that or fall. So it's like either way. You're fucking, yeah. yeah. I, I just got one and I was using it and it fucking, I didn't realize how tight my calves actually were. Like I was like, holy shit, these things are rocks and you can't get in there with your hand. You get that gun on there and golden, right. baby, golden. No, it is it is for sure a fucking game changer. People told me about it, and I was kind of like, whatever. And then I got it, and I was like, oops, yep. Yeah, man. Um, okay, so just to jump around like my typical style, my ADD style is a uh, let's go way back in time. Take me back to when you were a kid, man, and uh, we're getting into skating. And like, maybe tell me a little bit about your childhood, how your parents felt about skating, and like some of the like, early formative years of skateboarding for you. Yeah, so um, my first skateboard was a plastic one, like most people of my generation. It was like one of those, I think it was, a, I forget the name, it was like a wind rider or something, but it, it it's, it's insane. My mom still has it, and it carved in it is my name and the date, which was uh, 1974 or something like that 76 or i forget i don't really remember but she has the photo i could send it to you it's insane like so that was the first board when i was a real little kid and then later in life well my parents got divorced when i was young like five or six so i kind of just grew up under my mom and my dad was nearby but my mom raised me and my brother and then uh were you sorry to interrupt but were you no. able to see your dad yeah we, I would see him. He worked in the same city that I lived, and he lived like uh, like two cities away. He was in the peninsula. So, yeah, we, we would see each other all the holidays and, um, you know, do we, we didn't do like the regiment like some people do where it's like one week, then the next week. Or My mom took the brunt, but uh, we definitely had a relationship and, and, and a good one. We would hang out just it was kind of more like bros like whenever he'd call us or we'd call him there wasn't like a set schedule in other words yeah that's good though but, yeah it worked out and then and my mom needed us like she was you know a single woman divorced heartbroken and her kids became her everything and like so us being around i think helped her a lot and then i think it was uh it was fifth grade, which was, I don't know what year, but I met this guy that was really cool and different from the other people. And I felt like I was different from the other people. And we just started bonding like music or I think we were playing Dungeons and Dragons maybe in the beginning. And uh, I don't remember exactly the conversation, but one day him me and two other neighborhood friends went to our skate shop go skate in san mateo and we all bought a brand new skateboard like this was our first legit skateboard like we had nice. skateboards but these were like the ones with pros names on them and whatnot and, and sold from a skate shop Fuck and yeah. they were all pal boards it was mcgill lance cab 
and I probably Tony Hawk is what I think the four were. So the the thinking was we're all gonna get pal boards because pal was the shit like Bones Brigade <laughs> like that was like holy shit like they were ahead of their you know as them and Santa Cruz but pal at that time for us was it and but we didn't want to get the same board obviously just my, same as like can't wear the same shirt as you all those weird things when you're growing up they matter so, they matter a lot then <laughs> yeah we, we uh we uh we just started skating we would uh climb the fences into the local schools and just push as fast as we could down the hall and do layback slides i remember that like we, there's photos of us like just sliding and getting up and keep rolling and you're like what the fuck and, and that was the beginning to learning how to go down a hill right like yeah slide and then keep going but like this was in a real smooth hallway that you could like slide on your back if you fell off and it was no problem but you're learning like the whole process um and up the street from this uh skate shop was this ditch called the spillway and it was just the gateway to everything it was like we got our boards and i remember the guy his name's larry because i ended up working there later with him but he sold us the boards and he's like you guys go up 42nd turn left down this thing and behind the house there's this big ditch and we're like fuck you know we're little kids like we don't know what the fuck but we're, we're down so we go up there and it just it's almost like a scene out of fast times at ridgemont high where it's, everything just seems like it's in slow-mo <laughs> and you're looking at every character like dude smoking and fucking throwing a beer can and coming down a hill and grinding a fucking ledge of the ditch and you're like whatever these guys are on i need it and, and it was like i swear from that moment on like we've we've been skaters like that was it like that was like you know so many things that i'm sure listeners have the same vibe with which was like not wanting to be that dude i don't want to be that dude like johnny fucking rocket as the quarterback of the high school football team like i can't hang with these dudes like they're on some other weirdness that's like their deal but it's not for me i'm just not cool and like i want to fucking do this shit and we we started doing it and we saw that it opened up like some stuff that was actually really cool like punk rock music which there's no way i fucking know about the farm and these places in san francisco where i see dead kennedys and fucking black flag and all these rad bands that like at that time were not nobody knew about them like you know it was very very different and uh but those windows and those doors were open because of skateboarding and then the friendships that we built and stuff and like i said eventually i worked at go skate um i think it was right after high school i when i graduated i didn't want to go to college i wanted to take like a year off and just not like school i wasn't really a scholastic guy i did all right but i didn't like i didn't drop out but i was like on the verge of like barely graduating type like it was yeah you know c minus style and like oh you need that one <laughs> physics class to like or you're not going to make the science requirement whatever it was i i had uh, to take a typing class in uh westgate's yeah. westgate's dad was in there and he was just like plucking away with one finger <laughs> no way just you were graduate. in a class with what westgate's dad yeah dude he was in there and he was just like caveman <laughs> like and i was like really good at it because they're like you need like you were describing you need a 
one class to pass high school or whatever, I was like, I'll do typing because it's easy. And he's yeah. in there just like, click, click, click. And I was like, I didn't know who he was at the time. But then I found uh-huh. out after I was like, dude, that's Westgate's dad in there. Caveman that's style. Fu- that's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think from that moment on, like the entire life that I've led was the backbone with skateboarding. Like it was like, we're going to, I'm hanging out with these dudes. We're going skating and then we're going to go see a show or like, and it, it just became this thing where even socially, like you would go out at night with like maybe some old friends and be like, ah, we don't have that much in common. Like it just kept leading back to like your skater bros and like your isolation and shit that you kind of had was like actually what you were craving you didn't want to be with all these people and like a lot of it was anxiety i think now looking back because i've suffered from anxiety a lot but uh just having that space has always been key to me and having like you and your board and you could just bail which a lot of people do and people look at that as like dude so-and-so just freaked out and skated away. It's like, yeah, maybe he had to do what he had to do or whatever. But you're able to do that as as opposed to be like, fourth inning, here come <laughs> wait, he's not coming to the plate? What the <laughs> fuck is going on? You know Next I mean? up, young Schmitty. <laughs> crickets, crickets. Pin- pinch hitting. <laughs> Westgate's dad. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so but, funny. Yeah, no, I mean... I agree with you though. Like, thank God there's that space in skating for you to be yourself. Whereas like a lot of other um, things people get into, it's kind of taken over by adults and coaches and organized and boxed up and productized and all that shit. And there's that side to skating too. But definitely when I was growing up, much like when you were growing up, there was that like, uh, it wasn't as big as it was. And it was like, you could find it and it was, you could make it your own thing, you know, which I really love about it. I right. guess you could still do that now, you know? Yeah. And I mean, not to get too deep, but it's really been on my mind lately is like, so this is a trip, right? Like skateboarding became this super popular thing. Like it's going to the Olympics, it's in zoomies, it's in the malls, it's in every commercial. Like the dudes that make apps have the dude with the skateboard. Like skateboarding is very important to today's culture. Right. And, uh, I went, I I talk about all the time. Like I went to Disneyland and me and my fiance are counting how many fucking thrasher shirts we saw. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? There's like, a hundred thrasher shirts at disneyland like that's what skateboarding is where it is right now good or bad this is just a fact yeah and and my point being is like at the same time as this huge thing called cancel culture comes in right um but it's interesting to me as someone that's observing it and i'm not defending anything or arguing with anyone on any topic but Skateboarding's always been creative, creativity and individualism. So let's never forget that. If we, you know, I was making a joke and I was like, dude, every step of the way is that much closer to AI. Everybody's like, they don't want artificial intelligence, but everybody wants to clone somebody and everyone's too scared to like jump out of their comfort shoes. And so what I worry about because you didn't ask me and I want to just say this. <laughs> Tell me, I love this. This yeah. is shit I love right here. Yeah, it's just like, dude, we are skateboarders because why we skateboarded in the beginning, why we did this 
was to not be what this nucleus is trying to be. And so I understand evolving and I applaud it. I really want us all to be smarter. I want us all to like respect one another, right? Like I, I don't want like racism. I don't want sexism. I don't want any of that stuff. But I do want people to be able to be like how you and I are doing this interview right now. I want people to be able to talk and not be scared to say something because they're going to get fucked. And the more people get fucked, the more fear there's going to be and the less of this there's going to be. And pretty soon, like the whole looking into your phone, it's going to go away because there's going to be nothing to look at because people are afraid to give you the content you've been looking for. So just be careful on, you know, Ty Evans, fucking Jason Hernandez, John Minor. These guys are never names that you will see on message boards or in the comments talking shit on people that make videos. Yet, they're the ones that we want to hear from because they're the experts. We don't care about Timmy in Nebraska. I'm sorry. Like, you in your basement, fuck off. <laughs> and go, go do something. Like, Nirvana, right? Yeah. Self-appointed judges judge more than they have sold. All these people are bitter and they want to fucking attack people that are trying to do something. And that people are going to see right through what, what I'm saying that know what's going on in out there in the world. And that's fine. But I just need to say it because I feel like <sighs> there's a lot less people that are willing to say it now. And mm. so that's where I'm at. Yeah, man. Fucking nailed it, bro. And I agree. People got control issues, you know? It's like they want to control life and control other people's lives. And they want to tell us how to be safe and shit. And it's like it's really insulting to me because, like, I have these ladies and, and some dudes out there that are out of shape <laughs> and, like, 50 years old telling me to put a mask on and trying to assess risk for me. Meanwhile, I can like, not just me, but most kids, the amazing kids that put time and effort in their physical blood, sweat and tears into practicing the principles of skating, they can assess risk and grind 16 stair rails. You know what I mean? And then these average ass, doughy ass people, and they're not all big, they're not all big, I don't wanna be mean, but like a lot of people that don't use their body, you know what I mean? And they're just telling you to like, they're giving you the rules. It's like, calm the fuck down. It's like, these kids are out here doing fucking amazing shit that you could never do, even yeah. adults, you know? And it's like, you're trying to police them and tell them how to be safe. And it's like, it's just a weird time with like, uh, the structures we built are just kind of falling apart. Or people are seeing the holes in the structures and then they want to tear the whole things down. And it's like, it's an intense time, you know? It's definitely the technology is like, it's like oh, mirrors absolutely. in front of us. We see ourselves and then we like see ugly and <laughs> we don't know how to deal with it. And then yeah. we want to attack other people because it's harder than dealing with our own bullshit. There's a lot of that going on. It's like people are projecting their own insecurities and their worries and they're trying to control everything because they don't want to deal with their own inner hell. And it's like, I don't have to tell, tell you, man, like, you're going to have to deal with yourself sooner than later and stop trying to control the world and worry about everybody else. It's like, you're going to have to take care of your own yard, your own backyard. It's insane. Yeah. It's fucking insane, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, Jake and I used to always talk about a celebrity sucker punch where you go up to the kid on the message boards and knock on the door and he answers and you just drill. <laughs> It's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Because it's just funny to me, like that, um, you know, 
not for nothing, but like a lot of people know who we are and, and the people that don't know who we are can find out who we are. Like, you know, your name's behind what you do. Same with mine. Um, and so it's obvious that like, if I say something, I have to stand behind it. But if you have this anonymous ability to just talk shit all the time, it's like when you're a kid, like that's like fucking putting a kid in a candy store, right? Like, it's like, dude, wait, I can go talk shit on fucking Leonardo DiCaprio and it might matter. <laughs> I'll figure out something to say about him, right? And it's oh, just dude. like, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I don't know. I think that I love the, uh, I love, I'm a tech guy. I love fucking I'm not wanting to like go back in time. I actually like HD um, cameras. I like the way that we're able to use Zoom and do podcasts. I love like, let's get a new mic and hear that little extra crispy, like yeah. anything. I'm just, I'm about all that stuff. But with good, there's always bad. And I think there's less people to regulate, you know, like, the bad creeping in and, and, and the fear and all that stuff. So how do we get it to a place that people are a little more comfortable with, I think is the challenge for everyone in the, in the upcoming years. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. People are going to have to. Yeah. Sorry. No, no I was going to say, I want to go to fucking Yankee stadium and wear my giant's hat and talk shit about the Yankees. Right. Yeah, Without yeah. getting killed. <laughs> but be scared as shit. Like maybe I'm going to hide it. Like, cause dudes are going to fuck with me. Like, I like that energy. That's like, right. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to fuck it, but you got to respect where you are. Like you can't just show up in Yankee stadium with the fucking Red Sox gear on. Right. Like, yeah. you know, people are going to spit on you and stuff. And I'm from the old school where like, that's because of respect. Like you're on our shit. Like just mind your manners and everything's cool but you start fucking up, you're going to pay for it. And, you know, that makes sense. But to not fuck up and pay for it, you're just like, wait, what? That's uh, <laughs> true, man. It's fucking yeah, crazy. So I don't know. We're just going off on a green tea tangent here. but <laughs> No, but it's true, man. I feel like um, we're going to have to, each individual, all of us are going to have to learn how to incorporate the technology into our lives, you know? And that's like hard when people don't understand themselves that well you know you have to do a lot of reflecting because we have a lot of personal work we have to do on ourselves like some of the grievances people are complaining about there's some real truth to some of it but there's also just a lot of people power tripping and being controlling and overbearingly safe and trying to get everyone to be safe and it's like we're gonna have to learn to balance it out it's a balancing act because i agree with you that like this is a blessing and a miracle that we can do this and connect and like share and it's like a it's a new layer on life that we have the privilege to um figure out how to use you know and it's like we have to talk about this shit because if we don't then those fucking people out there that are controlling and insane that want to tell you how to live your life and what to do and what you can and can't say they'll have control and it's like I don't know. Like, there's a lot of people that can't talk because they have jobs that they'll lose because they can't even talk freely, you know, which is fucking yeah. insane, you know. I've, yeah. I've done everything in my life to try to be, uh, have it so no one can cancel me. And it wasn't, it was before cancel culture I was trying to do that because I just wanted to be able to make streams of revenue so that I could do the things I want to do 
and not have to worry about a boss or someone telling me how I can speak and what I can say and how my time spent, you know? And that's not, not everyone can do that. And I, I couldn't always do that at times. And I work really hard at maintaining a life where it's like, I can be free as, as much as I can. That way I can't just be canceled. And it's fucked up because there's always going to be new fucking idiots. I was an idiot. I can, when you, there's new idiots coming out of vaginas every day. They're just <laughs> brand new novel idiots, new versions of idiots trying to figure it out. Like yeah. that was me dude like i was on message boards fucking talking shit on dudes that killed it and put their whole life into it but i was the little young eminem type character like fuck this dude just because i'm exercising and figuring out who i am and my what to say and what i believe and a lot of that is making huge mistakes and having to eat crow later and be like damn i was a fucking idiot you know and it's like yeah. people are you can't avoid that you got to have to kind of face those mirrors and just like work through it but we can't cancel people because there's gonna be new people coming all the time and they need the space to make mistakes and develop and we can't as a society we can't just like sh fucking call them all nazis and racist and fucking we can't just deem everyone hateful and bigot bigots because they just don't understand what's going on there's always gonna be new people you know like it's insane it's fucking insane that's all <laughs> well i i know it's your show but can i ask you one question get into it my friend what do you think about the industry's responsibility with all this? I think personally. Skateboarding in industry? Yeah, like let's just take skateboarding because we're skateboarders, right? Yep. But um, for me, let's say, you know, I, I used PAL earlier because they were, when I was a kid, the biggest thing. So at that time when I grew up, we were like, whatever pal's doing like whatever tommy guerrero's doing that was my dude right he was like san francisco street skater on the forefront of everything styled everything was it was just tommy could do no wrong legend so we were buying into their shit right but now the industry feel and i, I don't know but to me it feels like the industry's a little scared to be the to be the forefront to say like we're standing behind our guns like you don't like it peace out like they want to please everybody in a way that they're watering things down a little bit so that they can bring in those extra you know tommy joe and bill and fucking tina and michael and anybody else out there and you're like huh Okay, it's looking a lot different in this uh, gymnasium that we just <laughs> built for our skate rink. Uh, <laughs> what's going here? Oh, dear, guys. Um, so I don't know. Like, to me, I feel like it's part of our industry's responsibility to be like, you know what? I'm back in this. And, yeah. and that's it. Like, not like, I, I back it, but I can't publicly back it. Sorry. You know, like, wait, I've known this dude for 30 years. He's the raddest fucking dude ever. And he made a mistake. And now, like, he's not on Converse anymore. And you're like, huh, wait a minute. This is weird. Because, like, everybody that skate with them knows he's the best. And then you're like, wait a minute. Is he off chocolate, too? Like, wait. like, And you're like, huh. And you're just like, what's going on to these dudes that are like, I don't know. Like they're like fuck. Dude. No, Some you're right. They're the best you're right. There's in the world, and we all know that. Yeah. And like, this is all they've ever given to life is skateboarding, and you're gonna come and take it away from them. Like fuck yeah. that. Like, no, you know, like if you pull a if you pull a fucking 
really fucked up thing, you got to pay for it. But like, I don't know. It's it's a slippery slope. Agree. There's know. there's a lot of people that need to speak up and and like not let the hysteria get out of control. There's like a lot of that shit going on, and there's there's definitely people that. It, I know that we have this new power where we can call people out and drink Brett, uh, bring shit up from the past and all that stuff, and you can get your revenge and all that stuff. But at the end, it's like these people are still humans, and they're going to have to pay for their mistakes with or without you, and they still need to make a living. And they probably have families, and it's like, like do you really want to revel in just tearing everyone down just so you can feel righteous and feel like you're making the world better? Like yeah i don't like a lot of the shit i see going on is not making the world better it's just causing more misery and then you're virtue signaling like you're the fucking man because you called <laughs> someone a racist or whatever and it's like so yeah. fucking what like that person still has to eat and live and like like yeah. i don't condone that shit but i'm also not going to right. start a fucking movement against every person that i disagree with on how they live their life and their thoughts like yeah it's a it's weird time man it's crazy. Like, like a good friend of mine, she she was saying the other day, she was like, it's crazy how like the Johnson and Johnson vaccine came out and six people died out of like millions of people. Six people died, which is it's a thing. Right. But the world, the country went apeshit and they closed it down and, and they fucking were like, hold on. Right. And she's like, that many people are getting shot every day, but they're not worried about guns. And so like these mentalities are kind of interesting where it's like, that is weird. Like why there's so much emphasis on like some things and other things get like, uh, it's, it, it, it is what it is, you know? And, and then, then who's deciding all that. Right. Yeah. So those are just, those are topics for maybe us older guys to d dwell on. And the kids are like, <laughs> just talk about Sheckler. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> my, well, my demographic is like 25 to 35. So we're fine. bro. <laughs> uh, we're good. Do you ever get mixed up with a uh, Ryan Sheckler? Do people think you're Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Like, people that don't really know much about skateboarding they hear my name they're like are you related or do you know sheckler or whatever i'm like it's shetler first of all and i've met him and he seems cool but <laughs> i get nicholas cage more than anything oh really <laughs> like 40 year old women at the grocery store are always like you know who you look like and i'm like yes i do <laughs> and they're always bad no they're stoked and i'm like if yeah. i was single if i was single yeah i'd sign you. your right boob We'd be on the produce, <laughs> on top of the produce. Just, I'd be giving you the bunny in the box type shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, what's good? What's good? Okay, so Talk let's about go back. Some good let's, shit. let's go back to skating because, uh, yeah. How was working at the shop when you were younger? Dude, you it was, I mean, fuck, every perspective I have is kind of like that same perspective that I was just speaking on, but, um, when I was there, it was just so different, you know, like I was a late 80s, early 90s. So I'm aging myself, but uh, we were assholes, you know, you came into the shop and we told you what you're going to buy and what you can't buy. And like, nope, you're not getting tracker trucks. I don't even know why we have them. Fuck you. <laughs> you're not going to buy these. Right. And I, I, I was talking to uh, my friend Mike at Lottie's um, and I was like, dude, how do you do it, man? Like, when kids like kooks come into the shop, do you just are like, hey, kooks are cool? Like, or do you like somehow educate them in a 
politically correct way? Like, how does it work? But yeah, I mean, we were smoking weed, drinking beers and, and like Rochambeau behind the counter who had to go help the guy. Cause we were all partying in the back. <laughs> like it was fast times at Ridgemont high. There was a quarter pipe and a lot of smoke. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and yeah. I had a Volkswagen bus that popped the top. <laughs> like we were living that life. And, uh, yeah, but it was sick. I mean, I'm so bummed that uh it's kind of like uh you know the old adage where my grandparents threw away my baseball cards well i kind of have that with my skate shop sticker collection i had this insane sticker collection and the pandemic actually kicked me into fourth gear and i've been like starting to collect stickers again yes and it's just really hurt my heart on the ones that i don't have anymore but we had you know everything coming through you're just hands on like, oh my God, like the Nautis board when it came in with his face on it, it was so, I think it was like a limited run or something. And it was just like, ah, put this back there. I'll pay for it Friday when I get paid. Like, you know, shit like that, where you're just like, and the stickers, the different color ones. And like, I don't know, all that shit, the garbage pail kids and yeah. everything with the blind and, and everything. It was just really cool. And, and, and it really like, educated me a lot to work with other people that were passionate about this thing and learn so much. I mean, skate shops to me are super important. I feel like everyone should support them so that we keep them around like hundred percent. If we lose skate shops, we're going to lose a big piece of skateboarding. Um, You can't, you can't do what skate shops do online. There's no way it's a hundred percent impossible so so let's keep the brick and mortar let's keep your professors and the dudes that are struggling in life to make sure you have a place to hang out and watch the news videos and actually feel that concave or the flip tail or whatever it is let's make sure you're going in there and buying a shirt from them buying your next board there whatever it is support your dudes because they're gonna fucking help you too and it's all like it's just so important. But uh, yeah, that that was what I learned from working at the skate shop, you know, was I, I love to go, you know, if I'm on a trip, what shops here? If I'm in Chicago, I'll go to Uprise and just like check in and be like, what up? I don't even know those dudes that well, but I, I'll come in and be just like, hey, man, I just want to check out your shop. Like what what boards are moving good here? Like it's always fun to be like, man, FA is huge in Redwood City, but not not in Philly for some reason or whatever, right? Yeah. So all that stuff's cool for me. I'm a geek about it. Like I, I, I love nerding out like to like skateboard statistics, you know, it's like, I grew up a baseball fan, so I have that statistic mind where it's like home runs, batting average, ERA, and all that historical reference, which is super deep for me. And I brought it into skateboarding, and I'm like, dude, never forget Tommy Guerrero, ever. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of like that. Like, I'm kind of the same way. I like sports for the stats and for all the, like, so I can memorize who the players were and what they've been through and stuff. And I'm kind of like that with skating as well. And that's the one reason why I'm kind of excited for the Olympics is so I can see the the jock skaters that are super into it to, like, see their stats just so it's funny. Because it's, I always like making fun of basketball players and baseball players because it's funny to have stats and be able to like talk shit on them when they're not doing good 
and I'm kind of excited for that for skateboarders to have that version of it. I would never want to skate in that type of thing. That's like a nightmare to me. I wouldn't want to be in the Olympics or even competitions at this point. Right. Or even when I was younger, it just wasn't built for that shit. But those that are, there's a whole going to be a whole sports league of skateboarders. There already are. I mean, street league is basically a sports league, you know. So yeah, it's but the just, stat side, you're gonna have all the stats. It's gonna be fun, dude. That's gonna be hilarious. Well, it's gonna yeah, it it's gonna be really interesting. I I still am a I still have a really tough time, um, just with the whole judging thing. Um, we've always talked about how like if you have a downhill race, the first person at the that the bottom wins it's clear but if you have raven terche do a smith grind and then you have nija do a smith grind who did it better like yeah isn't it subjective uh, like yeah. you might be a nija dude and i might be a raven dude or vice versa or whatever and Depends you're like on their sponsor too they might have the sponsor that and, is like and the then one. who's judging are they related to the monster guys or like whatever <laughs> like you just it's like there's so much shit that sadly when i started working at thrasher people were always i remember so much they're like you don't want to know behind like it's gonna ruin you're gonna know so much stuff and a lot of that's true. Like some of the stuff that you think about um, takes away from like, I talk to friends about it that are just skate friends and they're like, whoa, dude, <laughs> like yeah. I'm not thinking on those levels at all. And, <laughs> and, and, and so you just, I don't know, you kind of compartmentalize all of it, but uh, the Olympics is I'm rooting for a train crash that like, just is like, <laughs> holy shit we thought the pandemic was gnarly dude uto tried to fucking 540 the street course into the i don't know and then it's like the wrong dude like sean white enters and wins somehow and everyone's pissed because the snowboard judge beat up the skateboard judge and got it like there's got to be some trauma dude Fuck, all right, all right. not to go down the olympic rabbit rabbit hole because <laughs> that one's easy to get pulled down um yeah back to i want to kind of follow the money like working in a shop where'd you go for jobs after that to survive like how old were you when you were working at the shop and take me from there yeah it was right out of high school um graduated high school and went straight to there and then i went to two years of uh junior college community college for uh photography and just like not to get my degree i was just <laughs> like i guess i gotta go to school i'll pick classes i like so i took like i was like studying film and studying photography and i would take like one astronomy class and then the next semester i would do similar like my artistic desires and then like take an english class so i was like i spent two years in there and i'm like did i get anywhere towards the end goal of like a aa or a ba or any of that and i kind of did but i just didn't care um and at the same time i started um waiting tables at an italian restaurant and that was gold because i could work nights and skate all day so i was going out shooting photos i i had a camera with me my whole life i don't really remember why i think my grandparents encouraged it um because they traveled a lot and they always had slides and showed slideshows of their trips oh, and that's i think so sick 
Yeah. So I think that kind of hyped me out. And my dad got me an eight millimeter camera. So I was doing little film things and not knowing anything where that was going to lead at the time. This is in the 80s. And uh, then it all, well, working at the skate shop, I met this dude, Oscar Polchowski, that was like sponsored by SMA. So he was like in touch with Nautis and uh, he was friends with Bryce Knights. And one of the other guys, his name was Mike Alcantar. He had this uh, venture ad going over a couch with Mickey Ray's sitting on the couch. And it said, don't be a couch potato. He's doing a front side <laughs> wall ride. So, yes. I haven't heard Mickey's name in a while. Thank you. Yeah. Mickey's the shit. Um, so we, we went up to the school in San Francisco. Somehow we were up there and we saw Bryce. I think it was at this Golden Gate Park contest. I'm kind of all over the place That's too, fine. ADD. Yeah. But this is kind of what sparked it for me. Um, Bryce had been in touch with us a little bit. Somehow we like kind of like he knew who we were type thing. Like, oh, what's up? It's the dudes from the peninsula because he was the city. We were down in the suburbs. And we went up and we're like, hey. And he's like, oh, so this guy, Mike Alcantar, he got sponsored by Venture. So he was kind of like, ah this guy's worth taking photos of if you guys want to meet at the school we're gonna meet over there with julian stranger later what and we're like okay so we go to the school and it was the day julian did the front board on the handrail the first front board ever on a handrail what? actually and behind bryce with my camera and i took a photo of it like full like faux pas like sniper style like <laughs> such a kook maneuver but like not knowing any better and at the time it wasn't like a phone it was a real camera so i think it was a little more accepted like yeah. to this day bryce is like nah dude that was cool like we become really good friends but so in the front of that school julian does the front board down the handrail and in the back of the school was the couch with the wall ride so this is like a huge day and we meet Tobin Yelland that yes. day and Tobin's like kind of, I don't know if this is fair to Tobin, but in my vision, it seemed like he was Bryce's apprentice. Like he was learning the ways and Bryce was showing him the ways. Right. And so Tobin was kind of just as stoked as us in some ways to be there. I think like getting his feet wet. Right. And yeah, the yeah. week after that was a contest up in Tahoe. And I was like, I'm down, let's go. I got a VW bus. So we, I, I had Bryce, Arco, Tobin, and maybe one other, maybe Jeff White. I forget who it was, one other guy and me and Mike Alcantar. And we drove up to Tahoe and, and it was like Ray Barbie's first contest. Like, it was like, what the fuck? This is insane. Like, it was an amateur contest but it was like you could tell these guys were fucking next level yeah and uh cardiel board slide in the 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 car in, oh and stuff. yeah and uh wall rides were just kind of happening so there was like the bank to wall and like that was like the new cool thing anyway that was a huge bonding experience like so me and tobin are still friends me and bryce are still friends and um from there it was just like really crazy like things were going so fast like i met phil shao in redwood city which was the city that i was born in and he was like 
arguably one of the better skateboarders of all time. Like he could do it all and he had great style and he was our local dude. So it was like, I was just going everywhere with him and trying to learn how to film and trying to figure out where I wanted to fit in. Did I want to be a photographer or did I want to be a filmer? Because in 1992, my uncle gave me his camera. He had like a, an eight millimeter camera. So I was using it and I was like, Whoa, this is pretty sick. <laughs> um, and then I came back and got a camera after that. And then I was kind of, I was do, trying to do both for a while. You and were you were set that you were going to be media, though, huh? <laughs> I was definitely not that good. You know what I mean? Like it was like I got to sit down and watch these dudes rip because nobody's coming to watch me rip. You know, Phil Shaw's your local dude. You're yeah, in trouble. like you're in trouble. And Alcantar bro. was like seriously, people don't know, but Alcantar was like super. If he kept with it. He was ahead of his time and he had the style of like his brother was like a really good surfer. So he just had that like he was he would have been perfect for Dogtown. Like he was yeah. that guy. But um, so I had these dudes in my life that I was like, yeah, there's I, I always think it's good to surround yourself with people that are better than you rather than worse than you you never want to be the best dude in your circle because then you don't grow as much and and if you have people pushing you all the time you're gonna have to learn faster like your first time going to the ski resort they take you to the diamond and you're like just make it to the bottom you're like what the fuck well it was kind of actually tough love now you're way better than if you spent 10 weeks working your way up to that now you got one day in and you're actually hanging out with us now like you yeah. know what i mean yeah so like speeding up the um educational part was always important and then dude san mateo was just so i mean it's funny because you know you have much like i'm sure where you're from like the big city dudes like we're from boston not lol we're boston or whatever it is and you're like Okay, but like, are are you that much cooler because you were born in the city that like, I, you know, whatever, but like, that's how out here it's like that a lot. Like, if you're like, from SF born and raised, don't say you're from SF if you ain't like if you moved here, don't say you're from here, you know, yeah, yeah. like there's there's that stigma and um. Boston has a uh, when I was younger there was a lot of that like the city dudes had their clicks and their vibe and like a lot uh -huh. of them, a lot of them weren't from Boston but they claimed <laughs> Boston and they would talk shit on everyone else coming in like for sure that exists dude <laughs> hey here's a fun fact too because I'm all over the map Robbie Gunjemi was my first video clip I ever filmed that wow. made it into a video what wow yeah so east coast east yeah, coast that dog <laughs> robbie's killing it right now man i don't know if you've seen him online but he's crushing uh -huh. it right now yeah um he's making skateboards dude in boston just crushing it right now oh like kind of like do you see what Drehobo's doing i haven't checked in on Drehobo, but he's doing that too yeah he's making like skateboards out of like a bunch of wood and put, putting it together and making shapes and stuff and oh. then he has like a Drehobo brand that like his shit's I, i'm not putting anyone else down or com by comparing i hope no, i'm just yeah. saying both dudes are rad dudes in my life and and they're probably both doing epic shit yeah i remember Jerhobo had a uh, freedom freedom was sick yeah, dude yeah like the head in the ass shirt yeah. <laughs> like so sick dude yeah ass fuck and all yeah, that shit. That shit so, so yeah i mean we're we're bouncing all over the place but Jerhobo ended up becoming one of my better friends when phil died um 
I was working for Think, and they were all skating for Think, and it hit us like a ton of bricks. I was the first dude in my life that died that impacted me. Like, whoa, this guy died way too early. This was my homie. Um, this was not supposed to happen vibe. So that hit us all in this weird way that bonded us, you know, like if we had nothing to say, we could always talk about like, what would Phil do here? Like whatever, like, you know what I mean? Think, so, think was like, uh, think was, uh, being a small kid on the East coast, think was a huge and uh, made a huge impression on me, especially. So you got your guys's work made a huge impression being a little skate rat and just getting stoked on, um, all the stuff you guys were doing, it was fucking sick. Like think was my favorite company for a long time. And it was Jehovah and all you guys doing that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, Wade, Wade Spire, Jesse oh, Paez, Phil yes. Shaw, Dan Jehovah, Tim McKenney. And oh, yes. you know, the, the list goes on, but like, it was insane. Like I, we laughed because we're like, dude, you could just go to any demo and blow it out with that crew. They had, the all-terrain vehicles that they're not only going to skate this part or that part, they're going to skate it all and destroy it. And it was really eye-opening and just a lot of stuff happens that you're pretty lucky to be in the right place at the right time. Right. Like later on that opened me up to Diego Buccieri and Ooh, then me the and butcher. him had a great relationship. He lived at my house when he first moved out here and we would go to, uh, Arizona on trips and with his friends that would come from Argentina and not be able to speak much English and just have the <laughs> best time ever. And I was like learning about cultural awareness and like having a blast because of skateboarding. Like, you know, it's, it's really, I mean, where do you start and where do you stop with all these conversations? I don't know. Um, no, yeah. I, I don't even know what your question was. Doesn't matter. Doesn't <laughs> but, fucking like, matter. So, so all that, <laughs> all that stuff happened. Um, and all along, I would say, to kind of tie it up, is that being born in Northern California and living here my whole life, it was obvious to me that Thrasher was the thing that, was what i needed to respect and that was my formula you know it, yeah seeing bryce and mofo and reading their articles and realizing like mofo had this kind of like um hunter s thompson vibe to him where everything was just like and then we got a six-pack and fucking tony alva showed up and it was just so dark and gritty and rad and you were like i don't care about your fucking airwalk shorts i really don't i want mofo's article right it was yeah. like it was always like you wanted the alley not the paved street and that shit just drew me to jake phelps eventually who had a lot of respect for phil who was trying to raise phil as the next editor he wanted phil to be replace jake when jake retired basically wow i didn't know and, that and so when phil died we all had a huddle because think was right across the street from thrasher it was like right on the same block and we were all out in front and jake was like you're coming to work for the mag now and i was like oh shit i didn't know jake super well and he i mean we all know he's intimidating and like you don't know what side of the bed he got out of and there's just so much precautionary things that go into it. And he definitely always looked like he just got out of bed. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and so I was I I had to think about it, but I didn't have a lot of time, you know? And I think what I kept saying to myself is like 
what else in life is there for you? Like, this yeah. is like a baseball kid getting asked to play for the Giants. Like, you, Thrasher? What? Like, that's it. Rookie so I just the, rookie of the fucking year right here. Yeah, dude, yeah. I I dove in, dude. Rookie of the year, uh, <laughs> high school graduate, not so much. Are we going to Jeremy Rogers? Mass, dude. Um, but Mass, yeah, so, Mass, Massachusetts has some crazy skateboarders. Like we have such a diverse group of skateboarders. Can I can I give a shout out to PJ Lad? Come on, dude. Yeah, yeah. What other video? PJ's wonderful life so has good. any. Has anything impacted the world like that video? It's been like a long that time. One? Yeah. I don't know. I tripped on that the other day. I was like, and PJ's so elusive, like since then, and like whatever he's doing is probably cool, but like he definitely is like to himself a little bit and like, holy shit. I dude, you were talking about the respect for think from our coast. That video was fucking insane. We watch it all the time and we're just like, this is what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was just so like the, it was the lineup of people in the video and then it was like the innocence, like fun and like the music selection. It was just like perfectly timed. And then PJ obviously like the allure of his skating and kind of the mystery yeah. of him tied in with all these ex other dudes and uh, Alexis and yeah, uh -huh. it was definitely it hit it hit yeah. everywhere like that for sure. Back to Phelps. Back to Phelps though. Yeah. I don't want to get too far from there. Okay. Um so he's Phelps is like, you're working for the fucking mag, bro. Yeah. And so then I worked as, you know, I was me and him for twenty plus years at the mag at the plant when he wasn't on a trip or I wasn't on a trip. We were at the plant. And I ain't gonna lie, like there was a lot of hardship there was a lot of times where like you know your fucking office is downstairs get out of here vibe but that dude taught me a lot and he also showed me a lot where <clears throat> my respect for him became really obvious and and it was like oh i get it Cause for a while I was like, why does Phil like this dude? He's such a dick. Like, what is it about him? Like, you know, if you don't know Jake Phelps or like, and you meet him, I like when yeah. I have same thing, I caught the same vibe when you don't know him at all. And you're like, meet this dude. He's very in your face, very unforgiving for sure. Yeah. yeah. But you guys might understand this cause he's from your neck of the woods and he like the East coast mentality on the West coast. I think I haven't, I don't know, but like, it seems to me like it would be more kind of shocking for the West coast because East coast, there's probably a handful of dudes like that in every shopping market that are just like, kind of like, it is how it is. Fucker. Like yeah. fuck off, you know, like there's this shit. So, but I just tripped on it. Cause I was like, Whoa, this dude out of his element is the same dude no matter where he was, he was not pulling any punches. He was, it wasn't like I'm comfortable in my throne. It was like, I'm in LA in your backyard and fuck trans world. Like <laughs> right to you. Like, I don't care. Like fuck off. Like, and it was like, whether it was right or wrong, it was like, you knew he, he wasn't like two faced. He wasn't different for different crowds or whatever it is. And his experiences were legendary. <laughs> like how many fucking times that dude should have died before he died was, I think, 
a little softening on the blow when he did die because it was like well dude the dude flipped a car in australia going like 150 miles an hour in the middle of australia like where there was nothing like i don't even know how people found him like yeah. there wasn't a city there there was nothing and him Buzenitz and monk flipped a car and they were like how did they not die and they were all dressed as monks like come on dude like you can't even write that movie and it happened to his life like time after time there's some so, people like that that just keep going you're like how do they keep managing to escape death and they just like pull yeah. it off and it you're i'm always amazed by it and he's one of them for sure Holy well shit. like when i first got to meet him i thought he was just a big liar i was like there's no way all this shit is happening that he's talking about and then with shortly i was like oh all that shit you thought was a lie that's just real yeah. and this dude almost died and this this and this and then and he was there and danny way did invite him to the great wall and like all that shit where you're just like whoa dude this guy is living and he was a good skateboarder he was really good like people don't realize that because people see the older jake when he was like barely able to walk you know he's like 60 or 63 or something but Fuck like yeah. there's 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 footage of him when he was younger just killing shit like and he he would roll in on any vert ramp or vert park or anything like anywhere he went like that was the first thing he did i'm not skating here till i roll in and there was like uh, kind of this respect like thing um i don't know i just can't say enough about how he influenced me i don't feel like i'm like cut from the same cloth as him at all but yet our shit was like intertwined in a way that he had respect for me and i obviously had respect for him so you know and also i'm the type of dude that can deal with shit a little bit more maybe than others so like him offending me i was still working at thrasher so i'm coming back tomorrow whereas like some dude that had an ego might have quit you know and i've seen that happen too where it's like oh you quit and then now where are you and you're yeah. bummed because you don't work there anymore and so all that shit like experiences are what pay you know that's what molds us all right yeah man yeah you don't seem like you would fly off the handle i feel like you're kind of even tempered um uh yeah jake always like uh just from an outside perspective i mean i've met him a handful of times ran into him and he knew who i was which was like an honor to me you know because i'm like mm. how the fuck does he know about this pasty white kid from massachusetts but <laughs> he just knew like everybody and um but he always like was perplexing to me because i always was like this dude's unforgivingly himself and in your face and in whatever and over the top and i always knew that lifestyle and the way he was is just like it's just kind of reckless you know like you could just see a little bit of recklessness and disregard and it's like it was quite probably me being selfish because i like cared about i wanted him to take care of himself and be grandpa phelps you know yeah. like stick around and be grandpa phelps you know but like he was himself like that's his life he he took control he decided what he wanted he he was very authentic man um so but yeah people like that always perplex me because i i love the fact that they're like that but i also am like fuck, man like they're they're gonna go way quicker than you expect you know or you wish you know yeah wish they stick around you know yeah but it's that's true. probably selfishness i'm not gonna lie because I'd, I'd rather just let someone let me be me you know than just try to like get me to calm down all the time <laughs> mm. you know <laughs> damn 20 years that. that's insane yeah. man that's a yeah. wild, wild ride 
I don't remember what year it was, but uh, when you guys had the video premiere out in SF, I filmed you doing a lip slide down a handrail at the, uh, at the I think it's like AT&T back then. It's a way different building now, but <clears throat> there was a handrail there. And we went and skated with uh, RB, you, Zared, and uh, uh, what was that other guy's name from Jersey? Oh, was it Ron Diley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Ron, Ron Rips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I got this footage of uh, me, Preston, you, Zared, oh, and Eli Reed. Yes. And we're in the car going there, and we're all fucking giving each other shit. And then Eli's <laughs> in the front, and he does the full Eli turn around and says something. Everyone starts heckling him. It's great, though. Yeah. Fucking good times. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, okay, so... So what I was kind of getting at before with the like follow the money thing was like, uh, it's amazing that you were able to find something like skateboarding and shooting photos and photography and filming and stuff like that. And you're able to like hang on to it and get the opportunities and like kind of escape the normal, not that you didn't put in work, obviously it's work, you know, anything you do and put your heart into is work, but you escape that like normal grind and like be like thrasher is not like a nine to five where you have to go in and wear a certain suit and tie you know like um did you ever have any pressure to just like was there anyone around you to be like dude you should get this job and get health insurance and get whatever you know like try to direct you into like some other lifestyle well, sa save it, you <laughs> it all like accidentally worked really well it was like i was like I said, I was waiting tables at this restaurant and it, um, I did a good job and I became the assistant manager and then eventually I was the manager. So like I'm writing the schedule, yeah. right? So I'm scheduling myself, you know, <laughs> and oh, so-and-so wants to go on a trip. I'm going to take, like I was, it was as I was in control as much as I could be of my whole like skating and working and being a, being the manager, I was still waiting tables so I could still make money each day. Right. Like I'd bring home a hundred bucks from waiting tables and then I'd get a weekly check too. So I was doing pretty good and also able to like, you know, like I said, go on a trip or, or go skating if somebody wanted to get some footage. And so I was really learning how to film a lot in those days um, and feeling comfortable because rent wasn't that expensive. I think we were paying like 300 bucks for a room at the place where I lived. So it was really manageable. Um, and then the restaurant went out of business. Damn. So, so I was on unemployment for a year. Wow. That was the year I met Diego and, <laughs> and I lived at my mom's. I moved into my mom's, um, for a transition because we lived at this house with a ramp in the backyard and no neighbors. It was me and three dudes and a lot of drugs got involved. And basically I kind of had to cut out of there because dudes had the blinds closed and said that the van across the street was spying on us all day and like bringing video cameras to Safeway and filming people and shit. And I was like, I got a normal job, dude. I'm trying to like be out there in the daylight, dude. I don't know. Like these dudes were going to spun days on Thursday and come home Tuesday and hadn't slept the whole time. I'm just like, I, 
<laughs> but we had a ramp in our backyard and like we could play instruments 24 hours. Like it was super sick. And uh, so um, when I, I moved back home, because the restaurant and that all kind of happened at the same time. And that was right when Phil died too. And Diego was staying with Phil and Paul Zawanich at the time. And when they came back, he's like, dude, I can't stay there anymore. Like, it's just breaking my heart. Like, to, I can't be where Phil used to live. And I was like, dude, just stay with us for a while. So I, I don't remember if it was, it was probably a few months. It might've been even more than that, but you know, less than a year probably where he was staying at my place and we'd go on think trips and, and whatnot and I'm collecting unemployment. <laughs> so it's just like, I'm not working, but I'm getting paid. And You're free, think, dude. You're free at that point. Yeah, and think started paying me under the table. Nice. So it was like, yeah, like Greg and Keith, um, so much love and respect. Like they opened up that door for me started doing think and then fausto and jake opened up the door for thrasher and i was so fortunate to like everyone talks about fausto vitello well i actually knew him i was at his house i i watched his kids grow up to be who they are today and like like i know these people i spent time with them fausto's yelled at me he's he said no raise and came to work the next day in a fucking brand new car and i'm like what no raise but you got a new fucking porsche what the fuck you know like but that was it i was like yeah this is my shit like you 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 need to deserve your shit or whatever and it was just amazing dude like the times like that we got to experience in those in that era i feel like it was just so different there was no um camera phones right and there was none of the social media so what i would say is like it wasn't as documented but it wasn't there was so much less concern about documenting it and and more con like dude your job is to document this so we know you're going to document it. My job's not to document it. So I don't need to document. It. And that's what like these dudes don't realize when they go on trips. Like you're not supposed to worry so much about documenting everything. We got a filmer and a photographer. You need to fucking kick ass. Yeah, and like, like live wild, like, live your life. Yeah, like <laughs> tell me some jokes, take your earbuds out, fucking talk to me about some new techniques that you learned cooking turkey, whatever fucking you got, <laughs> dude, I don't know. But don't just be that dude in the back going like this and then like this and then like this, like fuck yeah. no. Yeah. So I don't know, there's just so many characters. I mean, you know McKenny a little bit. He's one of the all-time characters. He's uh, just he grew up in San Mateo and I've known him forever. And we had like a, a family, I think a lot like Fibro or Zoo York, you know, like just like this wasn't just a skate team. They, these were dudes from the same area, the same cloth and stuff. And yeah, we we're just really lucky. You know, Paul Zawanich opened up a lot for me. He, he was the one that called me and said, Faust is looking for a guy to edit the video. Can you do it? And I was like, fuck no, but I'll try. And, <laughs> and Paul, me, and Satva edited 
Thrasher yes. video number nine, which was called raw because it was fucking raw. We had to do it in my <laughs> attic and like on a computer that had no memory. And it was just Safa broke into fucking hives because he was so stressed dealing with me and Zawadich, not knowing what we're doing. And it, but those are just the times that like you're learning all this stuff. And uh, I don't know. That's pretty much the path, I guess. I, I got a question. Um, because you were around in all like the formative years of say like Think and Thrasher and San Francisco skateboarding with the brand side side of things, was there ever a point where you're like in the beginning was it just like seemed like it's just people are trying to figure it out? Did it ever turn into like it feel like became professional where like the brands you're like whoa like did you see people like get better at job like, get better at their jobs and figure out how to do it and like. I think like Thunder and Spitfire and Deluxe, like no disrespect to them. Um, those are some of the hardest workers in skateboarding, Jim Thibault and, and those guys, nothing but love and respect. But I saw it early on when like Shirugi was there and they were in like a small little spot and uh, he actually gave Phil and I a bunch of wheels and some trucks to sell for gas money to make it to Atlanta for the uh, finals. And me and Phil drove back there for the, uh, it was, that was an incredible one too. But uh, what I'm trying to say is like, at that time they were trying to figure it out. Like, I don't even think they knew the direction, which was where real was going to go. And anti-hero wasn't even born yet. And crooked obviously wasn't born yet. And Raza Libre wasn't even born yet. So like, watching them and like try Ron Allen for a little bit and that didn't work. And then Raza Libre didn't work. And then these different things and like anti-hero best ads in the mag, you know, and like crooked, like, wow, this, and the things were working. So in some respects like that, yeah. Um, watching Thrasher change its paper, you know, talk to Rob Welsh about the Thrasher paper that we used to have where the ink would come off in your hands as you turn the pages. And, uh, you know, we finally got to like paper where photographers were like proud to have their photos in the mag and Atiba could come over and work for us now or whatever. But like, you know, those things I think evolved um, in front of my eyes for sure. But the mentality has kind of never changed. I mean, if you ask anyone that knew Fausto, he would they would tell you he thought he could do no wrong. He he yeah. was very confident that he saw what he was going to do and he was going to do it and it was going to work. And the things that he touched usually turned to gold and and so that mentality and and that confidence goes a long way. You know, you step in the elevator and you're the dude, people kind of look at you with a different look right and yeah i've seen that like at the trade shows with fausto and different people and 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 just just being stoked that like this is my dude like these are my dudes like i got respect for him and watching everybody else's respect for him i knew i was in the right place you know when a dude like figgy is telling you that the mag is his shit you're like I think I'm at the right place. You know, you just, yeah. you, at you attract the right crew over and over and you're like, we're doing it. This is it, you know? Yeah. So it was cool. Like to see that um, evolve, I think more so, you know, um, Jake was a huge proponent about like, we were here before you and we'll be here after you, you know, you're the hot thing this week, but you weren't here last week and you ain't going to be here next week.
Ooh, I like that. That helps. Yeah, that Thanks. was a real big one for Jake. You know, like the barracks and shit like that. Like the uh, whatever Wednesday we read it. Where where'd that go? That was like one of the biggest things in skateboarding for a while. And yeah. I, I love red eye and talking shit, but I'm just saying that like there these trends happen, right? That that guy that used to talk shit on the barracks with his he was like kind of like had a little. You remember that dude? I forget his name, but anyway, he there was these shows on the barracks that were like huge, and it made you think like, "Fuck, what do we gotta do?" It's like, no, we're just staying the course. We're who we are. They're who they are, yeah. and we were here before them. Like, people are gonna get tired of indoor skate parks, and we're skateboarding. So yeah, that's it. That's good to hear because it's it kind of reaffirms to just stay on your own path and not chase the hot thing, so that you know, because yeah. the hot things just die out, and then you're gonna constantly be looking for the next hot thing, and then you're 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 not you anymore but you're just whatever's the hot thing and then that could take you to whatever fucking thing you know that you're not even into but you're like we got to do it because it's the hot thing compared right. to felper where it's like we're here this is us we will see all the shit's gonna die down we'll still fucking be us still going i like that yeah it's a slippery slope um between evolving and learning and staying true to yourself right like you you want to evolve and learn so change is okay but you also want to stay true to who you are you got to do you you don't just jump in the back seat and start listening to britney spears because everyone else is but you might like britney spears and you might tell them to put it on it even though you're gonna get fucking heckled like whatever the case may be you gotta stay true to you yeah. If you're this different chameleon that's in every car is a different dude, these skateboarders, these dudes are going to cross over and they're going to be like, wait, what happened to Schmitty fucking Hesher? He's a <laughs> hip hop dude? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, you're just like, nah, this is the same dude. So um, I would the, tell the kids, stay true to who you are. Yeah. The question, what I was kind of getting at with the whole like business side of things with Think and, and Thing is like, they went through like a good amount of success, you know, and you probably were there when they were just figuring it out. So you're probably watching these dudes who are just skaters, not knowing what the fuck they're doing to like having some success and then like having to be like, um, <laughs> figure like be yeah. in it and become these things and keep it going. Yeah. Like to me, it's like, cause I, I started a brand, but it's like, I still, I don't, I still feel like I'm don't know what I'm doing at times. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I wonder if there'll be a point where I'm like, I feel like I got this figured out, you know, like mm. I want with Thrasher and those brands, it seems like they started just raw skateboarders, not really knowing what they're doing. And then they figured things out and created epic shit. You know, it feels like they got a pattern and a rhythm and got the right people. And those people stepped up to what needed to be done. You know? Yeah. I think that it personally, I think it's the attitude. I think that you have this, you know, nucleus, this backbone of who you are. So you're going to attract people that are down for that, right? Yeah. And you're going to tinker and do different things because we all evolve and there's different things going on and you acclimate to change and all this stuff, but you're still the same dude, right? It's like Mickey Ray's could go up and open a bar and it's going to be badass. Yeah, fuck yeah. He's Mickey. So his bar is going to be rad. Right. If he opens up a record store, probably going to kick ass. Like whatever that dude does is going to be sick because he's Mickey Reyes. And I think that's what Thrasher is. No matter what they do, they're Thrasher. So they can they can put Gary Rogers on there and, and it's going to work. 
Like yeah. people love skate line, right? But I don't know, like if it was Slap or uh, Big Brother or one of the different mags, like maybe it would have got more scrutiny or it just wouldn't work somehow. But I feel like once you're in with Thrasher, you're good. Like obviously they, there's things that don't work out sometimes, but I just feel like they can experiment with things that are a little not so that you wouldn't expect. And it's going to, there's a good chance it's going to work because the way that we're doing it, like the, the, the brain power that goes into it is like, we're going to give our twist to this. If that makes sense. No, you're no, it makes sense. Cause it's like, um, it understand like Thrasher has a mission statement and stayed true to it. So they're able to, uh, understand their core and what they are and where they came from. And so then they can keep growing and, and take chances and it's still going to have that essence to it. I mean, that that's a lot of it was F Felper's attitude was the essence of Thrasher, you know, like right. he embodied it and carried it forward and it, he imprinted it on skateboarding forever, you know? Yeah. But that's so true. But also what people don't realize is Jake took that from Stesic and Mofo and KT who were the pioneers of Thrasher so this has been something that's been an influence on the readers and the people that gravitated towards it have wanted to be a part of this thing. So they've, you know, they've had their own version of that voice, but that voice wasn't necessarily original because, dude, Stesic wrote crazy shit in the early days, as did Mofo, you know, and so... I think it's important for people to know their history and, and respect like, you know, the nuts and bolts and things that made this stuff happen. And we're celebrating 40 years this year at the mag, which is unheard of. We're still in print and it's so thick and you go into an airport and what other mags are on the newsstands in print? There's not many. And uh, it's just really a huge celebration, you know, that skateboarding has kept this you know what we call the bible if you will kept it going and we were all nobody's fucking resting on laurels nobody's doing any of that it's it's like tony the owner is in the plant all day every day working on new ideas thinking things out talking to the, the staff figuring shit out um burnett works fucking harder than I've like you don't even want to know that guy's hours <laughs> and so it's just like all this stuff is like not just happening there is a lot of effort and work that goes into it um but what I was gonna say is it's so cool to like this last episode this last issue there's like a feature on Bryce Knights right he doesn't work for Thrasher anymore but let's pay homage to the dude that fucking was there before us that like why are we working here? Because dudes like that were doing rad shit that drew us to wanting to be a part of it, right? Yeah. So let's not say we're better than or 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 anything. Like, let's just pay tribute to like this whole step of the way. Like it's been like, I mean, Mofo's stuff was incredible. KT has there's just like we're going through and we're scanning all these old photos and stuff, and you're just like wow this is like not instant this is like you took the photo you didn't see it yeah. until a week later right 
think how hard it is just with your phone to see it and how many times you do that till you get the perfect one and you can see it. Yeah. Imagine taking John Gibson in the full pipe that you fucking trespassed in and he's <laughs> in between shadows just in the perfect spot where the sun is. And it's like... It's it's concentrated focus. Like, you really got to be there. Yeah, that's yeah. Insane. Like some of those things with the graininess of the film, I just love all of it. So I don't know. All right, so I got a direction to go from here. Um, all right. There's two things I want to bring up. First, I just want to mention Tim McKenney again, and there was a board release for him recently, right? Yeah, we did do that. that yeah, walk fun. us walk us through that. Okay, that was a good story. Um. Tim McKenney, pro skateboarder for Think Skateboards. Fuck yeah. At one point in his life, had a, you know, some, Phil died, I think is what he would tell you. Straight up. Two words, Phil died, right? Can I, can that, I, can you, for people listening, can you explain what, uh, how Phil passed or what happened there? Yeah. Um, he was on a trip. They were going up to, uh, Burnside, actually. It was like him, Diego, Jake, Luke. And uh, maybe Coco. I forget who else was there. But uh, they went to Arcata, which is this coastal town in California. And that was their first stop, skated and partied. And they met this girl. And she came to pick up Phil and take him to a party. And she was drunk and crashed the car. And he died. So that was really heavy. Phil had... Um, he had had knee surgery prior to that. So he wasn't skating for about a year, um, maybe less, maybe like six months. It was actually pretty quick. Like he was grinding a pool. Like I remember really quick after his surgery and we're like, dude, right. <laughs> but he was off it for a while. And this was the first trip where he was back and they were going to go, you know, with Luke shoot photos for the mag. And, and uh, so that, that happened. And Phil, obviously loved i mean my my bad tim obviously loved phil as we all did and 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 he was he had become a big important reason why tim was doing what he was doing like i'm skating for think i love phil we go we we fire each other up you know like so at that same time tim had some other issues i think personally that kind of weighed on him and then i think the phil one along with all that was just kind of snapped him and he looked at skateboarding differently and was like, I'm, I'm out. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm over this. This is changing in, in a way I don't like, you know? And so he, he, he stopped. He, he, he was no longer, you know, I, I didn't see him for 15 years. Damn. I talked to him maybe three times in 15 years and we were pretty close. I would say he, he hits me up almost every day now fuck yeah <laughs> so i started this podcast um and it was about episode it was early it was in the first 10 i believe and somehow tim came into my life and i was like well dude one oh would be sick what if our first encounter after all this time is on the podcast and you come down and we'll just fucking record everything we talk about and let's just fucking let it fly and he showed up and dude had like i mean i think he was smoking vape pens in the parking lot and fucking probably crushing a budweiser just like anxiety out of his mind like 
you know, he was nervous. And um, also it was at Thrasher where he hadn't been in years and it, it was stirring up some memories for him. So I, I feel for him there. And when he came in and I, I don't know, man, I wish we didn't do video back then. It was just Mike and Mike. And I wish it was on video because the first, I'd probably say the first five or 10 minutes, maybe you could just tell like this was going to be hard, right? And then something clicked, like either I said something or he said something and there was a joke and we just realized like, we love each other. We're homies. Yes. And then boom, it was on and we talked for like two hours or whatever and had the best time. And he drove home and he's calling me like, dude, I fucking, <laughs> rah, he's all fired up. If you know Tim, like when he's on a good one, there's not many better things. Like the dude gets so stoked and such a huge heart, dude. For yeah, sure. he's a huge heart. And uh, ever since then, we we just like he he'll text me at like 6 a.m. in the morning and I'll wake up to his text and it'll be like, what are we going to do? Who's the, but you know, just fired up. And he, he kept firing me up. And like, every time I would drop an episode, he'd be like, dude, I love that one. I like this part. And he, he really listened to it and, and, and broke it down for you. What he liked, what he didn't like. And, uh, the long story long is I got him involved more often. I'd, I'd have him be a caller once in a while. And then we started this thing called first impressions and he, it would be like the first thing I remember about Mike Carroll was da, 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 da. And, and it would be Tim's voice and people like would hit me up and they're like, dude, that McKinney shit is fire. Keep it coming. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd get with him and we'd just do a music one. Like, let's just do songs that we're stoked on. And he would always go off on a tangent on all this rad shit that like brought him back to like, our soul, which is skateboarding, right? It was like, dude, Cairo Foster at fucking built the spill, dude, like whatever, <laughs> you know, like it was just like sick. So, um, and I'm a, I feel like we're kind of yin and yang. Like I'm kind of a little more mellower, I think, and, and just kind of let him go. And then I'll have like a little, and it, it worked. I felt like it works really well. And it um, does, it, it definitely it, does. It was, it was really fun. At some point, he comes at me and he's like, hey, Jeremy Fish, this great artist from San Francisco um, that used to work for Think, drew Tim's last graphic right as Tim quit. So it never came out, right? So Tim has the artwork hanging on his wall and he sends me a photo of it and I was like, let's do the first podcast skateboard of all time. Like, what if we, what if we like a first pro, like your name on there or whatever. I didn't even know it was out there. Like I was like later, Andy Roy was telling me that, dude, there's so many, there's a few other ones already. Or stuff. I was like, so what <laughs> dude, Steve O's got his already. Bro. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm friends with Jeremy and Jeremy has so much love and respect for Tim. Um, but, I, I wanted to honor like, dude, I don't know if this is disrespectful because I know you're a much better artist now. And I don't know, looking back, is this like, oh, that's garbage. I don't want to put that out. Like that could turn. So we sat down and talked and he was like, do it. Like, no, not even hesitation. Not even like how much you can sell it for, how much money is involved, anything. It was just like, do it. Tim is one of my favorite people that's ever lived. Yes. Please 
if you guys want to do it, do it. So we made like a small run of t-shirts through our friends, Aroche who screen print Fuck and, yeah. and I sent the board off. Um, it took like eight or nine months because boards are tough these days to get. Apparently yeah. uh, it was my first experience with making a board and I'm pretty proud, dude. It came out pretty good. Um, Tim's a little, he went full McKenny on me and he, he, <laughs> He 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 would kind of wish that it was a different shape, and I'm just like, dude, these boards are for the wall. Like, I ain't skating this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we only made fifty, or did we make a hundred or fifty? I forget, but we only made a small. I think we made a hundred, and I got fifty, and he got fifty, and he kept all fifty of his. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's insane. Awesome. I got another story to follow this. It's really amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, but so like our local skate shop, Atlas, who was the first skate shop that opened up, like the podcast is talking Schmidt and I, I make some merch and, and they were like, we'll, we'll sell some of your shirts. That was Talk the you. first skate shop that ever, wait, this is a possibility. Like I was like, I was kind of joking and it, it came through and I was like, do mad love anything I can do. You guys fucking rule. That's so cool. And then when the McKenney thing came, they're like, dude, we're San Mateo skate shop. Tim McKenney is San Mateo. Like, duh, we're buying his shit. Right. Yeah. And uh, so they bought a bunch of shirts. Right. Cause we made the logo on the shirt and they bought uh, either one or two boards. And Tim went in and bought all the shirts. Off of them. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I, I don't know. I called them. I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. Tim's crazy. Like, <laughs> he wants to have all the shirts. And I was like, dude, I don't know what's going on. But they were laughing so hard. I just thought that's, that's a perfect example who this dude is, though. He's like, he's just got a heart of gold and he doesn't want, he's very, I don't want the wrong hands in my life i've seen the demons i've seen this i don't i i need this and i need it to be this way and a lot of people probably can't deal with him on that level because for one reason or the other but fortunately he and i have known each other since probably 93 or something like early on you know and uh so like we can get in a fight but we can also make up real easy and and the love that we have and and the miles that we've shared and the memories and all that stuff can never be fucked with so it, it's great you know i told him i was uh, gonna do this thing with you and he was like fuck yeah fuck yeah he's so stoked on uh your shit with uh well all of it but like he loves i think it's the westgate and the donnie barley one he like of always course, yeah. He, yeah he always talks about that um but uh yeah so that board came out and we have a few left um we we have a website where we sell like our merchandise and stuff and then tim has a bunch that he's given like to his dad and the important people in his life and then i think he has a stack of them that he probably just gonna skate or keep Till his kids get older he has two kids and so yeah we'll see uh he's the best though i can't say enough uh good things about old tim yeah tim tim's helped me out a lot digitally man i like he has mm. such he has such a strong he's like such a strong personality you can feel the love through like the digital wires for for yeah. sure like he'd be on my youtube channel 
early on and just like sending these comments that like only a true skater could send you know like it's like he almost knew like what i would worry about and he would yeah. like say the right thing to just like ease my comfort and things and it was like it really helped a lot i was like damn this dude like he's we're skaters like he's we think alike and he's trying to help and uh um, hmm. Every time I could just feel the love like through it. And I'm like, this dude is a one of a kind human. And like, I've always mm -hmm. known, watched his skating growing up and stuff and seeing him ripping in the videos and all that. And then to like meet him online again and again, like through the YouTube channel is like, this dude is fucking epic, like an epic human. Like, and I could see that, that you'd get in a fight with him and then make up because he's a real person. You know what I mean? Like he's got and ups and downs and he's there when he's there and he cares a lot. And he's like, he's, he's, he reminds me of someone that could be in my family, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. And he has kind of that same mentality that I'm drawn to, which is be real. Like don't pull punches tell me straight up what it is i might not agree with you but just tell me what's on your mind like if you don't like this shit tell me like yeah. i might still like it but just don't be fake like and and that that's a huge part of him i think he he sees what you said you nailed like he he comes from a skateboard mentality where he's like i know you're thinking this and don't think that because it fucking i'm giving you an okay as a fellow skater and and that you know our peers to me are the most important ones. Like I love Johnny and Billy in in Kansas, you know, they lived a block from Malto mm -hmm. and their dad grew up with fucking Joseph Lopez or whatever their story is. <laughs> but like, I'd rather like hear from Malto. Like, I, like if, sorry, I, my peers, the guys that are doing it are the ones that I want to get their blessing. And Tim absolutely did it and continues to do it. He's, one of the best skateboarders of all time. He's fucking phenomenal on a skateboard. It's just insane to see a guy not skate for 15 years and come back and do like backside 540 ollies on flat. And you're like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, wait, yeah. well, how good could you be, dude? Yeah, that <laughs> like, shit's was fucking, it, was that it shit's boring? inspiring. Yeah, that shit's <laughs> inspiring. Cause you're like, this yeah. dude's just doing it out of pure love. And like, yeah. he's still ripping so hard. And you know, he's like, got the work and got the kids. And it's like, yeah, fucking unbelievable. And, dude. and so much turmoil upstairs. I mean, yeah, we all do. But dealing with your brain sometimes is the hardest part. That's what I, I kind of wanted to reach back to him and say that like, just, well, I'm glad we're talking about him. Cause the truth is like, He's, I hope he's not hard on himself because, like, he's helped me out a lot. And, like, uh, he's doing good, man. He's doing epic. So I'm happy the board came out. I'm happy that he's part of your show. Um, I can't I, – maybe just tell a little bit more about your podcast. Like, why did you start it? Who are some of the guests that you're, like, some highlights? Um, hmm. And just maybe wrap it up with, like, how people can find it and what you're working on towards the future with everything and – well, okay. I got this idea. Nice. What if we take your audience for a little journey and we go over to this place called talkinschmidt.com? That's T A L K I N S C H M I T.com. Yes. Right after I'm done with your interview, and I'll have you still in the same seat, but on the other side of the mic where I'll ask you the questions. So your audience can come and we can do a second part to this, me interviewing you. And 
that could help people understand the vibe over there. But I, I will say some background information is that I was doing Thrasher Radio with Jake, and it's kind of like a podcast. Um, I, I would call it a podcast, but he called it Thrasher Radio. And um, if you're not familiar with it, it was basically he would have guests like Tony Trujillo's on. Tony, what are your favorite songs? In between each song, they'll tell a story and then go back to another song, right? So maybe like a handful of songs and a handful of stories done. And I was producing it. I was just behind the scenes, like making sure his mic was in front of him. Like Jake couldn't do any of that stuff. And then I would edit it down and make sure that we took out anything that maybe would get him into trouble. And just, you know how it is. You were working and, hard over there, huh? <laughs> yeah, dude. The shit that I've edited, man, from a guy that couldn't even speak and made him look like a genius. I swear I should get a fucking, but uh, that's a whole other thing. But so what? Uh, this point i'm like huh i could do this myself like i'm doing everything except for interviewing the guy at the time i i was a little blinded probably and thought like now that i look at it i'm like wow that this isn't easy like to interview people is it's very challenging especially for me i'm not like super I've grown a lot. I feel more comfortable now, but in the beginning, I, I really was nervous and it was hard for me to like, feel like my time or yeah, that their time was worthy of me. Like, Oh, I got Bob Burnquist here. Like, why are you even here, dude? You jumped <laughs> off the grand Canyon and I just started a podcast. Uh, but like eventually people were like, dude, I like what you're doing. And that's all it took. Right? Like, Having like one dude that you respect say, dude, fucking that was cool. You're like, I'll keep doing it. Right. So it started like that. And then Jake died. And I just, dude, I grabbed on with both hands. And I've, I've, I've said it a lot, but, um, it's my therapy really. It's like I'm, I'm catching up with people and just kind of like, <sighs> exhaling and being like dude every day is hard and then preston died like preston had already died and so i was kind of talking about preston a little bit and then jake died and so preston and jake that was my team like i we didn't even talk about preston but like i think everyone knows who preston is p-stone brew-ray my like we were a one-two punch for many years like preston and i i can't like that's a whole other podcast but the amount of people the amount of people that preston's like made touched. an impression on and helped yeah. and touched is like everyone knows for sure yeah so uh, what i didn't know at the time was this was going to be a vehicle for helping me grieve basically to make a long story shorter um and dude I swear when I started this, I had no idea. Like, you know, I didn't know Eric J was going to die. I didn't know Grosso was going to die. I didn't know fucking just last week, Joe Hammocky was going to die. Like, and I don't want to come across so negative and morbid and, and grim. And, but we all need to figure out a way to like figure out how to get through this stuff. This shit ain't easy, man. And we only have one life. And like, 
I do like talking about it with people that will talk about it with me. And most of the people that I have on the show are good friends of mine, like Omar Hassan, who I've spent a lot of time with these people that are missing. And so we can talk about it pretty comfortably. Like, remember when we went there with Preston and he did that and we can laugh about it. And I think it's a, I don't know, I'm not a therapist, but I feel like it's a good healing process along with giving a lot of content to people um, who are living in this crazy time of lockdown. So it was really interesting like to get the podcast kind of like into fourth gear right as lockdown happened. And then Zoom opened up this avenue where I could reach out to people that I didn't have to be in contact with, which was super fortunate. Otherwise, we would have had to shut it down. And uh I've just embraced it. I've really enjoyed having like that, once again, individualism. I'm stumbling a lot, but I don't have to answer to anybody. Like, yeah, I fucked up. That that sucked. But I just, that was, that was my episode. <laughs> Deal with it. You don't have to listen to it. Why did you spend that much time talking shit on me about it? Stop listening to me if you don't like it. Like, why are you here? Um also, there's no comments. Like I, I, I started doing this thing on YouTube because we were video chatting, so it made sense. I was like, let's put them up. Let's put the video versions up. And what I took from it so far, I'm kind of I keep saying I'm retiring as a YouTuber and just going back <laughs> to audio only, because first of all, and I don't want to get hung up on the numbers, but the numbers are very weird. Like when you look at like your podcast and you see thousands of people or listens or whatever they call them. And then you look at a YouTube version, you're like, there's like a hundred or something like the difference is really startling to me. Um, and then I'm like, well, why would anyone want to look at me talk? Like, like I'm not like whatever, you know, like I'm fucking beat down dude. And like this, <laughs> A lot of people confuse me for Brad Pitt, but come on, let's be honest. But <laughs> You're uh, a looker, bro. You're a looker. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, yeah, I don't know. And then the, the but the main thing was outside the, the, the difference in that was the comments and like, this is kind. So I didn't really realize it at the time, but I think I have to say that I did do the podcast in the beginning or why I was doing it was because I enjoyed putting something out that I didn't have to hear about. Like, we can all assume it's great or or whatever and go on. But I don't yeah. have to hear, because I, I think you'll probably agree. I, I mean, it's it's nothing new that anyone else hasn't said, but 500 positive comments can be outweighed by one negative one. Like, you can yeah. hear one negative thing and it can stick with you for a week and that can really kind of bum you out in a way where you're like questioning whether you should put out the effort because these things do take a lot of effort and time and you're investing a lot of yourself into it and you're putting yourself out there in a way where like people love to judge and so you know not for nothing but yeah it's kind of a risky position and then you're like well fuck man i thought i was giving people cool shit for free and they still want to put it down. Like, I don't, it, it's like, it's not affiliated with Thrasher. It's not like this branded thing. It's my own personal thing. Um, 
And I've never really even used Thrasher as a vehicle to popularize it in any way. Like it, I don't give it to Tony for his Instagram plugs or we don't put it in the junk drawer. I just, I just kind of wanted it to be organic and like see how much I could grow on my own. Like, and, and kind of just be like, you've always been Schmitty at Thrasher. Let's see what Schmitty can do. Right. And believe me, I understand the impression that Thrasher has had on my life. Like I'll always be Schmitty from Thrasher and most people will give me their time because I've worked with Thrasher and they'll see that in that. I'm not naive in any way, but what I'm saying is I just wanted to try to do something that was more just my shit. If I don't want to cross the T, I don't cross the T. If I want to spell van wrong, I spell van wrong. Like these things that people get hung up on that really are like, yeah, but did you see the kickflip? Who gives a fuck how I spelt then? The kickflip, bro. Skateboarding. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I've always been about. Like, I, I didn't graduate from college. I'm not a, like, dude, I'm a skateboarder that like more of like a videographer and a photographer now. Like, I, I mean, I love skateboarding and I skate and I try my best, but like, I'd rather fucking film you fucking doing something like, you know, epic than going and doing my slappies. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. But, yeah, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's been a lot of things, but therapeutic has been definitely one of them. And then it's also kind of like that thing that I haven't done my whole life that I get to learn a lot about in a quick way again, which is really refreshing for me. Um, starting off without a mic and seeing how different it could be with a new with a mic and then seeing like okay you need a new mic and look how much better this is and then learning about zoom and then learning about post-production and learning about levels and and just learning that's my shit like any day i learn something i smile at the end of the day if i don't learn something i go crazy if i sit around all day and i haven't done anything or learned anything i feel like i just wasted 24 hours it's like fuck. so this thing has been a vehicle of like kind of like starting to surf when you never surfed before like whoa you progress really fast because you're so hungry for it right yeah although surfing's not something you progress fast at but what i'm trying to say is like the podcast thing has been that but uh therapy too and then I'm just kind of nuts a little bit, right? With like, I'll drink coffee and like, you're like, Schmitty, I was asking you about your dad's middle name. What are you talking about? <laughs> but it's like, you know, I'll go off on these tangents and and it's like, that's cool. Yeah. No, well, I'm fucking glad you do the podcast because you got a lot of history and a lot of stories and knowledge and your guests, you have access to a lot of epic humans. And um, I feel like it's preserving skateboarding and those stories and all that. It's kind of documenting all the history and blood, sweat and tears. And it's preserving the energy into a digital form and you can feel it and it helps, you know. So I'm glad that... Um, other people are out there with shows and not scared of a challenge and because it is it is hard if people are you know you're by yourself trying to figure out how to create something and you're vulnerable you're putting stuff out there you're trying to figure there's days where people are passing and it's hard to like get in front of a mic and want to talk and figure it out but um i agree with you man it's therapeutic it can help and uh i'm glad that you do it so thanks well fuck yeah um what do you think about taking a little piss break yeah uh, 
checking out and then logging back in and we'll uh we'll ask you some questions i'm down man i'm totally down and uh should we just keep it recording or should we actually stop it and come we, back we could stop and then i could invite you and then you can have this for yours and then i'll have mine for mine okay that, that, that might make sense yeah let's try that let me make sure i stop this and actually it saves and all that stuff okay big shout out to tim mckinney and lasco because i know you're watching hell yeah yeah thanks again thanks again shimitty this was awesome and uh yeah thank you yeah i'm glad that we connected um and made this happen because uh this was awesome for me <laughs> it's <laughs> like you. tupac and biggie all over again <laughs> <laughs>